0: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From an undisclosed location, 12 floors up, somewhere in Oklahoma City, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, and I am extremely excited to be talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball with you because we have games to talk about. So you know, just so you know, so because this, all these things tend to have a born-on date, fresh date. This is being recorded August the 8th. But I predict that this could stay fresh until the end of time. Not unlike the Beatles' White Album. As we talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder today, the NBA has released its slate of games for opening week, Christmas Day, and Martin Luther King. If you haven't already heard, I'll tell you when and who the Thunder are going to be playing on those days. And I have some interesting thoughts, or at least what I think are interesting thoughts, about the opening game and what should go down and probably what shouldn't go down during what are essentially ring ceremonies. And what I would like to see Russell Westbrook do to Kevin Durant during said ring ceremony. That's segment number one. Segment number two, did the NCAA get it right with their new rules allowing college players and elite, and we're doing that in air quotes, elite high school players to be represented by agents and also allowing them to go back into the draft. And this is a rule that's much more complex than that. We will just skim the surface of it. We'll get a little deep today, but we'll just skim the surface of it, and I'll tell you why that there are still potential problems with this new NCAA rule and how it could lead to some chaotic things here in the near future. And then finally, we wrap up, not getting too political today, but the GOP is going to rent Paul George's former residence here in Oklahoma City. I'll tell you what I would do if I was allowed to go into Paul George's house. No, we're not going to go political, but if I was allowed to go to Paul George's house for one day, or his former residency, former residency or former residence, whatever you say it, it's not a residency, that's what doctors do. His former residence, how I would act, what I would do if I was invited to that party, and it will be by all means, ensure that I don't get invited to that party. My name's Eric G. I did radio here in Oklahoma City for a few years, and I will soon be doing radio again. And if you follow me at at the new Twitter account, not at the old one, but the new Twitter account, at new G-E-E-H-S-O, there will be an announcement coming shortly. I'm not allowed to say anything yet, but we do have some stuff on the way Also, I will be hosting a new podcast called Locked On Sooners and cannot tell you how thrilled I am to be getting a chance to talk OU football again. And uh, what else do you need to know? I work for a publication called Thunder Digest. I am a credentialed member of the Oklahoma City media, which allows me to not just go to games, but more importantly, allows me to go to practices and get a chance to talk to players and coaches and bring you that insight. And also, I'm a fan. And I like to think that that I talk about sports on a more human level than probably what you would normally hear out of a, a regular talk show here in Oklahoma City. It's not always what I do is similar to what a lot of other hosts and a lot of other markets do, but it's very different for what what you normally hear in Oklahoma City. So we try and keep it on a more human level. With that, we jump into segment number one here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And hallelujah, we know when the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball season is going to start. And that will be October the 16th out in Oakland playing the damn Golden State Warriors. Great. The Oklahoma City Thunder get to be in the arena when Kevin Durant... Gets his second ring and another banner gets hung from the rafters at whatever the hell it is. I keep, I keep wanting to call it the Cow Palace. Is it Oracle? Ah, who the hell cares? this is where Golden State plays. As far as I'm concerned, it's still the Cow Palace, and the Cow Palace is much cooler than where they play right now, or much cooler than where they play right now. Yes, I'm being snitty, and there's nothing more. There's nothing I would enjoy more then as the manor's being hung, or as Kevin Durant is getting his ring, then to watch Russell Westbrook or Steven Adams, preferably Russell Westbrook, but Steven Adams would be good in this case, then to just go up to Kevin Durant and slap that ring out of his hand and then kick it. Just kick it to the side so somebody who can afford to pay six figures for Seats along the baseline or six figures for seats along the sidelines can then grab that ring and take it home as a souvenir. Or better yet, just smash the damn thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to to drop two D-bombs here in the first segment, but it just irritates the living crap out of me to think that the Thunder are going to have to watch Kevin Durant celebrate. And hopefully, as one of my future sort of kind of (laughs) co-workers was talking to me about today that it just inspires Russ and everybody else with the Thunder, and they'll go out and kick Golden State's butt because GSW will just be happy that they got their rings and the Thunder will be angry and at least for 48 minutes will be inspired enough to be better than they are. Whether that happens or not, and whether Russ takes my suggestion and punches Kevin Durant in the face or takes the ring or whatever. When it does come to these ring ceremonies, for me, as, as a member of the media and, and as a fan, I think it's cool that we get to see him. I, I think there is something that's very cool about us being let into that world. However, if I ran an organization, I would not do the ring ceremony at the arena With the fans, you've had the opportunity to have the parade. You've won the championship at home, or I guess in Golden State's case, they didn't win it at home and they had to bring the trophy back. But especially if you won the championship at home, that moment on the court when you're getting the O'Brien trophy now, which isn't given out in the locker room, or you have the parade, that's for team and the fans to celebrate together. The ring to me is a lot more sacred. And just knowing athletes the way that they are, that is something that they hold dearly personal. That That piece of jewelry represents not just what you accomplished at that particular season or over that particular series. It, re- it represents a lifetime's worth of work. A lifetime's worth of work that... The majority of us just can't understand. We can understand it on some level because there are some things that relate to it, like when you get an, an award from work for, say, lifetime achievement or something, or I guess in my case, as, as a podcast or a broadcast or whatever you want to call it, when you get an award that is generally recognized by your peers, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a special moment. But for an athlete, that represents from the time your father or your mother got you interested in sports to the time and effort you put into play in it when you were in Little League all the way up through to junior high and high school and AAU ball in the case of basketball players and what you did in college or maybe what you did over in Europe, that's what that ring represents. It is enormous. And in a lot of ways, I can't do it justice. I can't do what that ring represents justice. And that's a time to me when you are when you are blessed with winning a championship and you're blessed with getting that piece of that piece of hardware not a medal not a pen not not even a bust in the hall of fame but when you are blessed with getting that piece of hardware that ring it's a moment that should be shared among teammates and Fans and media, we should not be privy to that. And there's a lot of times, like I will tell you, I'm not comfortable in the locker room. I don't think we as media should go in the locker room. That's the athlete sanctuary. When they are getting that ring, that should be a ceremonial event where if they want to post something on Twitter or Facebook or social media, great. But us as fans, even team sponsors, whoever, That's not something we should get to be in. That's the time for these guys to have as much camaraderie as possible because there is always that chance. And actually, this goes for every championship team in professional sports. That particular group of players as it is constituted at that moment is never going to play together again. There will be the core group that plays. There will be key role players that get to play again, but not everybody is gonna get the opportunity to come back and defend that championship. So let them have their moment by themselves. And and, and it's always an awkward moment when somebody comes back after they left and got the ring. I just I I don't I I don't like it, and I'm trying to look at it from an athlete standpoint. I would rather them have that that moment for themselves christmas day houston rockets oklahoma city thunder some of the other days that are uh or some of the other games that are going on on christmas day actually it's a pretty good lineup you've got the 76ers and the celtics and give kudos to the nba smart smart move opening up with the 76ers and celtics then having them again on christmas day And the 76ers are also going to play on Martin Luther King Day. I think it's great that you've got a dynamic young team like the 76ers that you need to showcase, and they're going to be showcased on all three of those days. But that 76ers-Celtics rivalry is something that the NBA is really going to need to build. And first of all, the NBA is kind of... This is There's always somewhat of a roll of the dice because we have no idea if the 76ers and the Celtics are really going to be that rivalry that we, that we think they are. But even if it's close, you need to highlight that as much as possible. So opening night and Christmas Day, that was genius by the NBA. Uh, also on Christmas Day, Golden State, the Lakers, I don't have a problem with this. Uh, some talk on ESPN today about Rockets, Warriors would have been better. No, because you still need LeBron and the Lakers. And and even though it's not LeBron in Cleveland, the average fan that's not like us that doesn't watch all 82 games a year is going to know LeBron versus Golden State. And you've got Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Draymond and all those guys with LeBron one court. Fine. Even if it's a blowout, it's still something that's pretty sexy to sell. I don't really get the Knicks and the Bucks, uh, Trailblazers-Jazz. Could be a very interesting game. And then as I, 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 I'm going on this, Rockets, Oklahoma City, Thunder. Here's what I will say about this. First of all, I'm really hoping it's a good game and it's a fun game to watch. But outside my Aunt Carol and my... Youngest son, Alex, I don't have a whole lot of NBA fans in in my family. I have some Thunder fans. They're kind of loosely Thunder fans, but they're not diehard Thunder fans. My wife is getting there. I'm pushing her there, pushing my oldest son there. So if it's not my Aunt Carol, if it's not... My son Alex and me all watching the game, it's not as fun. And generally you're with people who are just kind of in and out and they're doing other stuff on Christmas Day. I love the Christmas Day game when it's here in Oklahoma City. And I love covering that game because it's a big event. And just being a part of that big event to me is still great. It's still a turn on to get to go and just be in that atmosphere. Some of the people (laughs) that cover the Thunder complain about that. They want Christmas Day off, and I can certainly understand it. Um, probably because I don't have to go on the road. It's not that big a deal. So, um, And and all the other duties that I might be piling on to this, I don't mind it at all. I love working Christmas Day, and I hope it happens eventually. I hope to get the opportunity to work on Martin Luther King Day, but it won't happen this year because the Thunder aren't playing. On Martin Luther King Day, at least. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G., your gracious and humble host. And coming up next... What the NCAA got wrong, what they got wrong, and what they're not planning for with these new rules, that's coming up here on LOT. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. Remember, for all our podcasts, you can go to LockedOnThunder.com and make sure you also go to LockedOnSports.com for everybody's podcast in the Locked on Podcast Network. And yes, coming soon to the Locked on Podcast Network, we are going to start college podcasting. And I will be hosting the OU podcast, and I am so excited about that. Um, it's going to be great to finally get back to talking OU football. It's been a while for me. I've got some, ca- I flat out will tell you that I've got some catching up to do because, uh, when I was let go last year, I mean, just calling it what it is, I kind of drifted out <laughs> because it was just, since it was kind of too painful, Um, To follow and watch. But now i got to get back into it since we're doing this podcast. So over the next few weeks, I'll be studying and going to practice and and gathering as much information as I can to hopefully do you as the fan and as the listener justice on this podcast. But uh, follow me at new G-E-E-H-S-O. That's N E W. At G-E-E-H-S-O. For everything Locked on Thunder, Locked on Sooners. And remember, LockedOnSports.com. Now we can jump into segment three, which I will tell you straight up. The NCAA. Great intentions, but what is the road to hell paved with? Good intentions. The NCAA is trying to get something right by allowing elite basketball players who are in college and high school, to sign with agents. And in signing with agents, the agents will not only be able to provide for the players, but they will be able to provide for the parents. And it's something good because essentially what the NCAA is trying to accomplish is they don't want coaches buying stuff for players. They want the agents doing it. So this supposedly is going to keep the schools from getting in trouble. Also, players now can visit 15 schools as opposed to five, and there's going to be longer punishments when schools break said rules. And hopefully what you're going to have happen is that college coaches will stop. College coaches won't accept bribes to take kids or won't pay other people so kids will come to their school. That's essentially the long and short of it. It's more complex than that. I just don't have the time to go into it, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow on the podcast as well, and I want some time to kind of rip this apart and dissect it, etc., etc. But here's the issue that the NCAA isn't taking into account. If you get a kid who, in high school, Sides with an agent. He's deemed with uh, to be an elite player. He sides with an agent. Well, all that agent is going to do, if he's smart, is do what AAU coaches are doing. He's going to look for the place to get his kid the best opportunity. And instead of there being a situation where it's the AAU coaches that funneled in a pipeline to all these schools, the agents are going to start doing it. And eventually the NCAA, not based on what I've read, not planning for this, is going to really have to watch the relationship between agents and coaches. And if one particular guy is essentially landing his kid, kids at one particular school. You start looking out for this. I mean, it's one of these things that sounds great at first, and I know it was. I know it was discussed at nauseum by the people who made these rules. But at the same time, it needs a lot more development than what than than what it has now. And also, what I didn't see in this is anything about football. And I would say, if you're going to do it for basketball, this more than likely opens up the door for football, and you're going to have parents whose kids weren't deemed elite and want to know why they weren't deemed elite and want to know if they can sign with agents. It's There's going to have to be a lot that's ironed out. You've started the process. At least you've got it out on paper. At least you've started the discussion. But now you've got things to iron out. And for more on this, here's ESPN's uh, John Giovanni. And I know I'm mispronouncing that name. Draft guru and expert. So what they're saying right now is that if you're invited to a USA Basketball camp uh, prior to your senior year, you are allowed to have an agent, uh, but you know, there's a lot of confusion about the exact process of who's going to invite these players, who's going to run these camps. Um, I spoke with a USA Basketball official not long ago, and he told me that they really haven't had any substantive conversations about this, nor have they given their approval. So I, it feels like this uh, move was, was pushed through a little bit hastily still a lot of details you have to work through i have to say i mean it is a, a very positive um recommendation uh, that they, they put through and you have to tip your hat to the N.C.A. because it, it's a long time coming but as you just heard there are still things that they have to work out on all this and, and right now it just looks like bigger mess than bigger solution but at least they're trying they're trying to get to get something right and i'm just thinking as a parent Okay, so my kid didn't get invited to that camp. Why didn't he get invited to that camp? And this is, should have brought this up in the first place. Is that camp being run by Nike or Adidas? Is he playing for an AAU team that is sponsored by Nike or Adidas and are only the players that are playing for particular teams represented by particular shoe companies getting opportunities that others aren't? It's a big headache, and I honestly, I do not envy parents at all whose kids are playing basketball and are good enough to be recruited by colleges and maybe even good enough to eventually play in the NBA having to go through all this. I imagine it's a lot more headache than it is fun. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Mary G. Coming up, we wrap things up, and I'll tell you, well, it's not sick and twisted. You know what? I'm going to tell you why I am guaranteed not to get an invite to go to Paul George's house. That's next on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Remember to get your daily fix in of sports podcasts. Just go to LockedOnSports.com. Locked on, insert team name here for Major League Baseball, NBA, and the NFL. And you can find a podcast that suits your needs. And we will have the college podcast coming out later this month. I am going to be hosting the Oklahoma podcast. Extremely excited about that. And I would ask that you follow me at N-E-W-G-E-E-H-S-O. That's N-E-W-G-E-E-H-S-O. If you're following me at the old Twitter account, that's going to stay up for... A few more weeks, but there's some big things that are right around the corner, and I just needed a fresh start with with everything that's coming around the corner. So I, I know I'm going to have to rebuild um, the audience there, and that's great and that's fine, um, but I would love to have you along with it for Locked On Thunder, Locked On Sooners, or OU, or whatever we're going to call it. But that's at N-E-W-G-E-E-H-S-O. Please follow me on Twitter, and thank you for listening to this podcast congratulations to paul george on finding new digs in oklahoma city his old house in Gallardia, which is listed for a whopping 3.4 million dollars is going to be rented out by the oklahoma republican party for a 75 dollar per person fundraiser actually that's not that's not that expensive of a political fundraiser Most of the time, you're talking about, what, $500 per plate? It can get into the thousands of dollars, depending on who's going to be there, depending on how high the political office is, whether it's senator, longstanding senator, congressperson. Obviously, you know, president, you're getting close to six figures, Uh, maybe even well over the six figures and close to seven figures if you want an opportunity to to sit with a a sitting president. Anyway, it's still going to be at Paul George's house. And I am registered with this particular party. Um, but something tells me I'm not getting invited. Even though I could probably scrounge up the $75, bucks, i am not getting invited. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing because I, I would have, like, first of all, I would have no interest in anything else going on that night other than just wondering what Paul George did while he was here. And every, every wall I could touch, I would, I would be taking pictures and selfies. I would be tweeting them out, would be posting them on Instagram. I would be doing everything I could to bring what it would be like in Paul George's former residence to you because that would be my job, right? So there's no way I'm getting invited into this thing, but, um, yeah, I would. You know what? I would leave a thank you note at least. And, and if you you buy the house, look, if you can if you can afford three point four million dollars to buy Paul George's house, considering the fact that he decided to stay here in Oklahoma City and it's going to be long term stay, not just another year, didn't do a one in one. That house deserves a plaque. At least a plaque, maybe a stat. As a matter of fact, it's exactly what I would do. I would I would buy the house, and instead of living the house, I would let people tour it like Graceland. I'd find out how Paul George decorated it. I would set it up just like he did, and then I would hire a tour guide and let you come in. Yeah, I know that did not turn out to be like as funny and creative as I wanted, but I mean that's honestly what I would do. It would just be Oklahoma's version of Graceland. Here's the Paul George house. Come take a tour. Real quick, I want to congratulate uh, Devin Harris on his third go-around with the Dallas Mavericks. Traded there, traded again, back, and then traded again. And now at, at 34 years old, he's probably not going to be traded one more time. Who knows? Maybe he is. But you uh, get three stints with one team. Is that good enough to get your jersey retired? Probably should be in Devin Harris's case. That wraps up the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And um, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the NCAA thing. And we'll go a little bit deeper into the um, playing on Christmas and MLK Day and these holidays and what that means for the NBA. All that's coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And until then, everybody love everybody and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.